So all y'all could probably tell me all about this this morning. But I want to look at this, and I know you were taught this as a child, and, and you knew about Daniel and the lion's den and how God shut up the mouths of the lions, and Daniel came out victorious. But I want to dig a little bit deeper into it today. I want to look at it. What is it like to trust God in difficult times? What is it like to trust God when you've done absolutely nothing wrong, but times are tough? So I want to look at it from that perspective. In Daniel uh, chapter 6, uh, we'll be looking at verses 10 through 28. But I'll just read a few of them to start with, starting in verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his window being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees the, uh, three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, and he did as he did aforetime. Father, as we study your word, I pray, Father, that you would just give me the words to say. Lord, speak to our hearts and our minds that we would see the truth of your word, Lord, to just comfort our our hearts and our minds this morning and some that are going through difficulties. And Lord, we go through things that we often don't understand. But Lord, we know that you're in control and that you work all things to good to them who love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, just help open our eyes to see. I ask the Holy Spirit to just guide in all that's said and all that we hear that would be doers of your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So you may know the story, but I'm going to recap it for you. I'm going to just sort of back up from verse 10 and talk about uh, chapter 5 a little bit and, and uh, the beginning of chapter 6. Uh, Beleazar in chapter 5, we see the king of the Chaldeans has died as was predicted or told by Daniel. Uh, remember he had a dream and he brought all the people to interpret this dream and none could interpret it. And finally the prince says, the princess says, hey, I know a man in the, in the kingdom. Whoops. Just stay right there and you won't fall again. Um, I know a man in the kingdom that can interpret those dreams. And so they brought in Daniel once again and Belezar, he interpreted the dream and he told him that how because of pride and, and all the rest that, and, and sin against God that Belezar, uh had done that he was going to grow weak and, and that his kingdom would come to an end. And so he predicted that. So De uh, Belezar died that very evening after uh, Daniel predicted that. Well, then you have now uh, King Dar Darius... He is the Mede that took over from the kingdom. Um, he, had, uh, he had set three presidents, of which one was Daniel, uh, and then 120 princes in place to help rule the kingdom. Uh, this is often what we call when, when the CEO, new CEO, comes to the company and he reorders. All right? Darius is now the king. And, and by the way, Israel is in captivity. They're in captivity in Babylon and all the rest, and the kingdom of Babylon is div divided uh, also between kings and, and all the rest. And now that Darius is there, is a chance to reunite the kingdom while Israel's in captivity, Daniel's in captivity. They're looking for the promises of God. They're in captivity because of their sin and, and falling away from God. And God predicted it through Jeremiah and Isaiah and many of the prophets. And here Daniel is in captivity, a lot like Joshua, 
You remember Joshua was sold and brought into Pharaoh, and because of his faithfulness and goodness and trust in the Lord, he came up, and, and Joshua became a great ruler in all of Egypt. Well, Daniel is much like that in this position that he has here. Uh, King Darius threat sets up three presidents over the kingdom, and Daniel's one of them. He's a... <laughs> He's the top three in command under King Darius. And then under him is 120 princes. The King Darius reorgs. He's trying to bring the kingdom back together. He wants everybody to know that he's large and he's in charge. All right? So he's just kicking all these out, bringing in his own regime. The reorg. Anybody ever experienced that? Isn't it always fun? And they always come in and the new... The new bosses don't have a clue what they're doing, do they? If they'd only put me there, if I was in charge and I should be, I'd run this thing better. This is the way a lot of the attitude to have, but, but what the problem here uh, with these 120 uh, princes and the, the other two presidents is they were jealous of Daniel. They didn't like Daniel. Uh, Daniel was probably near 80 years old at this time. And uh, they, uh, they come up with a scheme. They said, okay, and, and this is what we're going to do. And it's nothing different today. Y'all think politicians are crooked today and that's something new? No. It started a long time ago. These 120 princes and two pre presidents were just crooked politicians. Y'all bear with me. i got to keep my throat whistle wet this morning. They were crooked politicians. They didn't like what, what King Daniel was doing. They didn't like his faithfulness. They didn't like uh, him at all. Why? See, a lot of times when the king at that time and, and then later on as the king, they would set up people, and we know from history that they would skim off the top. Whenever they'd collect the taxes and the dues owed the king, they'd sort of, yeah, that one's mine. But they knew with Daniel in place, they couldn't do that. He wasn't going to allow any uh, dishonesty. That's probably why King Darius said, I want you in the top three. Because you have shown, we see in, in verse 10 of chapter 5, where, where Daniel had a good spirit throughout the land. That he trusted the Lord, that he was honest, that he was everything that a real man wanted to be. So King Darius put him in place probably because of that. Well, these others didn't like it. They couldn't be crooked enough with, with Daniel there because they knew he wouldn't tolerate it. <coughs> so they come up with a plan. Let's look and see if we can find anything wrong, they say. Now, y'all think the miracle of keeping the lion's mouth shut is the big miracle in this story? No, the big miracle in this story is there's a politician that's honest in every way. And they couldn't find anything wrong with him. They looked at Daniel and they said, we can't find any fault in him. There's nothing wrong. The only thing we can find it is he serves the Lord his God. Well, I want to be accused of that. But isn't that true in our world today that people hate us because we're Christians? You know, when we say, you know, we go through difficulties and we pray, Lord, help me out of this. Lord, be thankful they hate you. That means you're doing something God wants you to do. Jesus said, they will hate you. They will despise you for my name's sake. Now be sure you're doing it for his name's sake and not yours. 
I've heard people get up, oh yeah, they hate me. I'm doing it for the glory of God. No, you're doing it for the glory of yourself. Be careful who you're doing it for. If you're doing it for his glory, be glad that they hate you. If you're doing it for your glory, you got what you got coming. Anyway, I'm gonna get off that soapbox. That's not my message this morning. There's no extra charge for that one, no. So they couldn't find anything wrong with him, that he loved the Lord of God. So they said, what we're gonna do, King Darius is reorgan, right? He's trying to get the, the, the kingdom uh, reunited. So the what better way is to have everyone that has a question, that has any worship or anything else, go to King Darius alone. Well, we had fire chiefs that would come in, then we'd bob. And, it, and the first thing they said, you got any question or any problem, you come to me. They wanted to know I'm in charge. No, everybody answers to me. He may have been short, I don't know. I say that because I knew a short fire chief one time and he had the Napoleon attitude about everything. He, he wanted everybody to know he's in charge. So they appealed to that. They appealed to his pride and the fact that he wanted to reorg and he wanted the whole kingdom to know that he is the new ruler. He's in charge for 30 days. If you've got a question, if you're gonna worship anything, it's only King Darius. Let, let King Darius live forever. He set himself, they set him up as a God. They set him up as supreme in all the kingdom. And, and, and King Darius says, hmm, I sort of like that. I think that's a great, man, y'all were so smart. That's why I put y'all in this position. So he just scratched out a law and said, yep, so be it. Anybody does anything different than this for 30 days, they'll be thrown in the lion's den. No tolerance. We will not tolerate that. I am the king. See, they appealed to the king's pride, and that's what got the problem started. A lot of times, the Bible was not just saying it just for fun that pride cometh before the fall. See, it's not the pride cometh before destruction. So I've caught you up to, to what's going on here. They've, they've come up with this law, and it's interesting that these 120 and the two presidents come to make sure Daniel knows it what's going on. So then we start with verse 10. It says, then Daniel knew that the writing was signed. What did he do? He went in his house. He opens his windows toward Jerusalem, got on his knees and started praying and worshiping God. Exactly what the law, contrary to what the law said. Daniel was going to be faithful to God who knew, he knew who was in control of all things. He knew ultimately, like I said last week, the, the, the conclusion of the whole matter, Song of Solomon said, or not Song of Solomon, help me. Ecclesiastes says, is to worship him, to fear God. This is what Daniel was doing. I'll fear God more than man. So he begins to pray and to worship. See, uh, we also read in, in, uh, in uh, Daniel 9, 1, where he had a copy of the book or the writings or prophecy of Jeremiah. And he must have read this before. He must have understood what Jeremiah was saying. Uh, so he was praying on these promises. Uh, Paul talks about it in Philippians, about Philippians 4, 6 through 7. He says, be careful for nothing. This is what Daniel was doing. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Daniel was standing on those promises that Paul talks about. We sang the song, Standing on the Promises. That's what this message is about. How do I handle difficult times? Number one thing is to stand on the promises. The promises of what? Of God's word. What he promises, he will do. Uh, As I said, Daniel uh, 9-2, he had a copy of Jeremiah's uh, reign. He understood uh, what was going on. He understood the the promises that were in there, how for 70 years uh, Jerusalem would be in captivity, and then God would return them back to their land. And every day, three times a day, Daniel would go to his window and open it up toward Jerusalem and pray and ask God for, to keep to his promises. Help me to be faithful. Help me to stand on this promise that we will not always be in bondage. We'll not always be in this situation. That you are the one and true God. As he prayed and he worshiped, uh, look what happened next. Then they came near and spake to the king. Let's see. Uh, no, I'm, I missed myself. Uh, then these men assembled, verse 11, and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. Hmm. Then they came to the king in verse 12 and told the king, Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that ask a petition of God or man uh, within 30 days, save thee, O king, shall be cast into lion's den? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. In other words, it can't be changed. Then answered they and said that Daniel, which is one of the children of the captivity of Judah. Now see, they had no respect for Daniel. Daniel was a president set in place by King Darius. But look how they referred to him. He's in captivity of Judah. He's not a president. Look what he's doing. He's dishonoring you, king. Again, they were appealing to his pride, uh, trying to to connive uh, and and trick and get uh, King Darius to put Daniel in the lion's den. And he said, said uh, verse 14, Then the king, when he'd heard these words, was sore, displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him and labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Verse 15, these men assembled assembled unto the king and said unto the king, O king, the law of the Medes and the Persians is there is no decree nor statue which the king established may it be changed. See, after he'd heard this and he realized that my pride had got me in trouble, my pride is now going to put one of my best president, my best president, probably a dear friend. I'm going to have to put him in the lion's den. So Darius worked all day long to try to deliver Daniel. He was regretful. He'd understood that his pride had gotten away and that he was doing something wrong. He should have never signed the law. How many times we do something and realize, well, I put my foot in my mouth there and you can't take it back. A lot of times we need to be careful what we say because what comes out of our mouth can never go back in. When we say hateful things or we do things to hurt others, it can never be changed once it's said. 
It can, we can try to make amends best we can, but the herd is still there. Be careful. What does the song go? Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Little ears, what, they're probably singing that back there, maybe. It's interesting to me, through all this, that how quickly people can come together to do evil rather than good. Boy, it didn't take them no time to do this, did it? King Darius had just taken power. They got the law within a day. They snuck up there and spied on Daniel and found him praying to them. And be sure as they run back to the king and tell him what's going on. They were very quick about doing evil and never thought about doing good. See, if, if King Darius had, see, when they came to him, they said, all of us have come together. Well, Daniel wasn't there. They had purposely left Daniel out. But if Daniel, or if King Darius would have thought for a minute, why isn't Daniel here? And maybe consulted with Daniel, he may have never wrote, written the law, but he had. And so now the king has to stick to, his, to the law. It cannot be changed. I mean, after all, he is now king over the whole kingdom. And he's got to set precedence that I am king. I mean, if he lets him go, then now what? Then he's got to let somebody else go. So he's got to stick true to his word. And, and then the king's command, and they brought Daniel and cast him in the lion's den. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually will deliver thee. You ever been to Daniel? Maybe you didn't get thrown in the lion's den. Maybe your problem wasn't praying when you shouldn't have been. But maybe you were doing something and you thought you did it all right. Maybe you prayed about something. We, I talked to someone about this this week. I prayed about it. I prayed and I really felt at peace that this is what God wants me to do. Now look at the mess I'm in. Look at the, I don't know what to do. Let me tell you, a lot of times when you pray about something, trust me, I've done this a thousand, hundred thousand times in my life. I pray about something. I know it's God's will. I know we want, and then the things just don't seem to go real easy. Nothing's ever easy being a Christian people. Just because you accepted Jesus as your personal savior does not mean the rest of your life is peaches and cream. They will hate you for what you believe. Satan hates you for what you do. He wants you destroyed. It's not going to be easy. We've got to get that out of our minds that it's just easy all the time. But have you ever been in a situation where what you were doing, you just started to question, did I really pray about it right? Is this what God's will? I believe a lot of times God puts us in there. We trust him. Well, we see it when he put the disciples in the boat. He said, let's go to the other side. And during the, the, the nighttime, the storm came and the boat began to sink. Did Jesus put them in the boat to sink and die? Absolutely not. He put them in the boat to test their faith of what they were doing. Of what he'd been teaching them. So he may have, you prayed about whatever. You're doing whatever and it's not easy. Maybe it's a test that God's saying, hey, are you getting what I'm telling you? Are you going to see that I will deliver you? We're talking about how to stand during difficult times because difficult times are coming. John 16, 33, Jesus promised in this world you will have trial and tribulation, but you can say, read the rest of it. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Stand on his promises that he's given you. So 
That's where Daniel was at. I know I'm just running through that. I'm trying to get us done in time to go eat. And everybody said, Amen, right? All right. Y'all are still awake. So the king had commanded that he put in the, the uh, lion's den. Why did he do it? Maybe the Lord was allowing this as a process where Daniel's enemies could be exposed. We don't know. But what we do know is that he's in, he's in control. Uh, God works all things after the counsel of his own will. Ephesians 1.11. He knows what he's doing. He says, uh, Ephesians 1.11, Paul tells, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Uh, this is not Old Testament. This is New Testament, keep in mind. So that means it's directly at you. Not that the whole Bible is not directly at you. But those of you that like to read New Testament... Being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Daniel was, be thrown in the, was being thrown in the lion's den because it was God's will. And a man that we read in chapter 5 with a good spirit, loved the Lord, done nothing wrong. But it was his will. It was his will for we know, uh, to, to expose the enemy. It was his will. We're going to see a little bit later on what I believe was the main purpose for it. So the law had been written. It couldn't be changed. And I just thought this was interesting. But God. I like the verses in the Bible when you've heard. Pre- anytime you see but God. Just get ready. It's going to get good. But God. But God made a way. Uh, We know the rest of the story. Uh, God delivered Daniel from certain doom. Ephesians 2, 2, uh, 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. He says, it not raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He has done that. That in the, the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. This is a promise we can stand on. In the kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Rick and Daniel was standing on that promise. He knew God was in control. He knew that God's grace was sufficient, whether he died or whether he lived. If he died, as Paul said, I'm with the Lord. If I live, it's better for you that I can serve you. Daniel knew that God was in control. Who else knew it? King Darius. Did you catch what he said? You're God whom you serve. You're God. That tells us something about King Darius, right? Wasn't his God yet. Your God will deliver you. I think that's part of what the whole thing was about. For God to reveal him. I mean, he took Israel to captivity in Babylon. And we think, oh, that's terrible and all the rest. It was terrible that they sinned. But even in that difficult time, even in that captivity, God was using Israel to reveal his love and his grace and his kindness to a lost and dying world. The next time you get in a little difficult time, 
Maybe God wants to use you to reveal his love and his grace to a world that's dying without him. You ever thought about that? Praise him in the good time. It's hard and we want to, yeah, praise the Lord, I'm on the mountaintop. Everything's great. And we get in the valley, we go, God hates me. Don't we? Guilty. But we praise him in the valley as much as we praise him on the mountaintops. God is in control. God knows we're to stand on these promises. It'll get you through these difficult times. And the story goes on to say that how they took a stone and they put Daniel in the lion's den and put a stone and sealed it up. And King Darius went on all that night and prayed and fasted the best he could for Daniel. Asking the God of Daniel to deliver him. Early that morning, King Darius runs out to it and gets his turn the stone away. And he hollered at Daniel, Daniel. Was your God able to deliver you? And out of the darkness, it says, Oh, King, live forever. God sent his angels to protect me all night. I'm fine. Let's go have breakfast. And you might want to feed these lions. They're hungry, too. And that's exactly what he did. He took the 120 princes and the other two presidents and their whole families and threw them in the diet. Lions had a feast that day. God got rid of the enemies. That's a good lesson for you. You may be being done wrong, but the Bible, my Bible, God's word tells us, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. What an excellent example of that. God took Daniel's enemies. God took a wrong and he made it right. And there was no guessing that he did it and no one else. God got the glory. God vindicated Daniel. God took care of his enemies. God will take care of yours. A lot of times we get in these hard times, we want to figure out what am I going to do to him and what am I going to do to her? They, they deserve me to just punch them upside the head. Well, they might. But don't you do it. Let God do it. Because when he does it, everybody knows he did it. You do it, only people standing around know you did it. God will get the glory. God gets the glory. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So why did this happen? Then what King Darius did after that. Then King Darius, in verse 25, wrote unto all the people and nations and languages that dwell in the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree, says King Darius, that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Y'all hear that? There is the unsaved saying, the God of heaven and earth, he is God alone. He is to be worshipped alone, not me. For he is the living God and steadfast forever in his kingdom that uh, which there is, uh, shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He, de he rescueth, he, he delivereth, and he rescueth. He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and earth 
who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus of Persia. People, how do we stand in difficult times? First of all, by standing on the promises of God. Second of all, by being on your knees in prayer. You got a problem? There's nothing too big that he couldn't solve them. That's what he also told Jeremiah that I'm sure Daniel read in Jeremiah chapter 29. I think verse 13. Is there anything that I can't do, he says. He told Jeremiah that. Daniel had a copy of Jeremiah's prophecy. And I'm sure he read that. Hey, I'm not worried about them lions. Is there anything that's impossible for God? You're going through difficult times. They're not treating you right at work. They're not, something's not going right. And I want to ask you, is there anything too big for God? <clears throat> Answer's no, people. You can shake your head no. All right? There's nothing too big. If we will get on our knees in prayer before him and, and bring our supplications and requests to him, he hears our prayers. If I'm his child, what mother or father in here does not have a child out of earshot? None. I mean, I know my little grandson, he's everywhere, all my grandkids. And when they're at Papio's house, I got to keep my eyeballs or at least with an earshot of them. You know what? Your heavenly father, I think, is the same way. You're just within earshot. He knows what's going on. He knows your troubles. He knows your needs, and he knows what he's going to do to fix them. Just go to him and ask him. Stand on the promises that he's given you and told you to deliver you through the difficulties and bathe it in prayer. I hope that's encouraging to you. I hope that you go through this week, and if you have a tough time, just stop and say, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know what you're doing. But I know you understand. I know you know what you're doing. And I know, Lord, you can take care of this problem. I give it to you. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love to us. And in, in that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Lord, when we had no hope, we had no, no anything, we were not worthy of you. But God, you stood up in our midst. And gave us your son. You delivered us from sin. Even though there was a law that said that we should die and that we should be punished for our sin. Father, we're thankful that you made a way. We thank you for that love and that grace that you show us, that you, that you showed Daniel, that you could reveal to us. Lord, that you get all the honor and the glory out of everything that's done and said. Be with us in these next few minutes. Father, be with us as we go on our picnic that we just have a great time of fellowship. We thank you for all the ones that you've sent this way, Lord, and the, the things, the wonderful things that you're doing in our church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.